بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم عن ابي هريره رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ان الله تعالى طيب لا يقبل الا الطيبه وان الله امر المؤمنين بما امر به المرسلين فقال تعالى يا ايها الرسل قلوا من يا ايها الرسل كلوا من الطيبات واعملوا صالحا وقال تعالى يا ايها الذين امنوا كلوا من طيبات ما رزقناكم ثم ذكر الرجل يطيل السفر اشعث اغبر يمد يديه الى السماء يا رب يا رب ومطعمه حرام ومشربه حرام وملبسه حرام وغذي بالحرام فانا يستجاب له رواه مسلم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين حديث نمبر 10 narrated by ابي هريره رضي الله عنه Abdurrahman bin Sakhr. He says, The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Inna allaha tayyib. Allah is good. Inna allaha tayyib. Allah is good. That is one of his sifat. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is good. La yaqbalu and Allah does not accept illa tayyiba except what is good because Allah is good he accepts only good things he does not accept bad things that's why we say at-tahiyyatu lillahi was-salawatu wat-tayyibat yani at-tayyibatu lillah all good things are for Allah because only good things are accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala min al-aqwali from the things that we say wal and the things that we do Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts only at-tayyib inna allaha tayyibun Allah is good la yaqbalu illa tayyiba and Allah does not accept except what is good wa inna allaha and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala amara al-mu'minina has commanded, given a command to the believers, given a command to you and me, Bima Mursalina, the same command that he has given to the messengers and the prophets. What is the command? He gave a command to the messengers. He said, Ya ayyuhar rusul, O ye messengers, kulu minat Eat of the good things, not the bad things. وَعْمَلُوا صَالِحًا And do good deeds. And then the same command which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to the messengers, He gives the same command to the believers, to you and me. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O ye who believe, كُلُوا مِنْ طَيِّبَاتِ مَا رَزَقْنَاكُمْ Eat of the good things that we have provided you. Do not eat the bad things. 
kulu min tayyibati ma razaqnakum washkuru lillah and be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in kuntum iyyahu ta'budun if it is he subhanahu wa ta'ala that you worship thumma then he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam dhakara he mentions a man yutilus safar on a long journey not just a journey a long journey yamuddu yadayhi ila as-sama' he raises his hands to the heaven ya rabb and he calls upon allah saying ya rabb ya rabb and he repeats it ya rabb wa mat'amuhu haram yet his food is haram wa malbasuhu wa mashrabuhu haram and his drink is haram wa malbasuhu haram and his clothes are haram wa ghudhiya bil haram and he's nourished by something which is haram his body grew with haram fa anna yustajabu lah aw fa anna yustajabu li dhalik how is allah subhanahu wa ta'ala going to respond to such a person i want you to observe that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam has mentioned actually five reasons why a person's dua should be answered the man that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam describes in the hadith has five reasons why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should answer his dua but despite possessing these five reasons for which dua should be answered he has other things that are stopping the dua from being answered the first reason why the dua should be answered is that this man is a musafir a traveler and the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam said the dua of a musafir a person who is traveling mustajab should be answered so this man is not just a traveler yutilus safar he's on a long journey the longer the journey the more likely the dua is to be answered never overlook this opportunity when you're traveling it's an opportunity for you to make dua because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers the dua of a traveler and this man is on a long journey so if he asked allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for anything allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be able to give him because he's musafir that is the first reason why allah should answer his dua the second reason why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should answer the dua of this man is because he is ash'afa aghdara ash'afa means he is disheveled aghdara means he is dusty he's in a humble situation a humble condition if a person is dusty and the hair of the person is disheveled it means he is in a difficult situation in a humble situation and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala answers the dua 
of a person who finds himself in such a situation. He is mudtar. The third reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should answer his dua is that he raised his hands to the heavens. He raises his hands to the heavens. And when you raise your hands to Allah, Allah should answer your dua. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is reported to have said, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the quality of being shy. He does not want a person to raise his hands to him. And then let the person drop his hands without giving him anything. Allah has the quality of being shy. When you raise your hands to him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would feel shy to let you drop your hands without giving you something. Even if he doesn't give you what you're asking for, but Allah should be able to give you something because you raised your hands to Allah. So this rajul, this man, yamuddu yaday, he has raised his hands ila sama to the heavens. Allah should answer him. Allah should respond to him. This is a reason for Allah to answer the dua. And I want to give you advice and also give the same advice to myself. But when you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, raise your hands. The higher you raise your hands, the better. In Salatul Istisqa, the Salah of praying for the rain, the Messenger وسلم, used to raise his hands such that the whites of his armpits would show. Because he raised his hands, وسلم, the higher you raise them, the better. Alas, this is a bit difficult for the majority of us. You find a person asking and putting his hands, semi raising his hands there on his thighs. I don't know whether this, this is raising the hands or putting the hands on the thighs. Rabbana atna fid dunya hasana, like this. Why can't you raise your hands? Or you're shy to be seen asking. Rabbana atna fid dunya, like this. Why? Why can't you raise your hands to Allah and ask Allah for what you need? I remember telling you another time, I knew a certain man in a certain place who would sit, you know, reclining, his hands supporting him with his hand on the, on the floor. Then when the Imam begins to make dua, because he cannot lift his, his hand, like, like the way Idris is seated, because he can't lift this hand, he makes dua with, with one hand. Like this, this it's lack of seriousness. A person who is asking, ya do ya day? He has to lift his hands to Allah. To show that you are his slave and you are in need. So this is one reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should answer the dua of, of this man. 
The other reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is supposed to answer the dua of this man is that the man is saying, Ya Rabb, my Lord. He is appealing to Allah using one of Allah's greatest names, greatest descriptions, Rabb, Lord. That should be reason for Allah to respond to his dua. He's saying, Ya Rabb, my Lord. At-tawassul bi asma'illahi al-husna. Appealing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala using his glorious names. And he didn't say it once. He repeats. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes people who repeat their dua. He makes dua today and tomorrow. And after tomorrow, and every day, he keeps asking. That's what Allah wants. And this is exactly what this man is doing. Ya Rabb, Ya Rabb. Does this man have enough reasons for Allah to answer his dua? He has enough reasons. He's a traveler in a difficult situation, disheveled, dusty, raising his hands to the heaven and shouting, Ya Rabb, my Lord, Ya Rabb. This is the Haya, the description of a person who humbles himself to Allah. And Allah should respond to this man. And in raising his hands to the heaven, there is something important we need to point to. It shows that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in heaven. We raise our hands to the heavens because Allah is in heaven. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam interviewed a certain slave girl to find out whether she was a believer or not. He asked her about her Lord. She said, Allah, Ain Allah, he asked her, where is Allah? She said, in heaven. Woman Anna, and who am I? She said, you are a messenger of Allah. He said, free her. She is a believer. Why? Because she said, Allah is in heaven. Allah being in heaven shows Allah's most elevated status, subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person does not believe that Allah is in heaven, then he believes in two of the most useless aqidahs. Two of the most useless aqidahs. Either he believes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is everywhere, and this is the most corrupt aqidah. Allah is everywhere. Allah is not everywhere. And Allah cannot be everywhere. We were saying in the hadith, Inna Allah tayyib, Allah is good. Of places, there are some good places and some bad places. So if we say Allah is everywhere, then ta'ala Allahu amma yaqulun, Allah is supposed to be 
in the toilet. Allah is supposed to be in uh, a, a drum of beer. Allah is supposed to be uh, at the rubbish pits. That's everywhere, isn't it? Allah is not everywhere. Allah is in heaven, but he knows what happens everywhere. He doesn't have to be in a bottle of beer. If Allah is everywhere, Allah is in your pockets. He can't be, subhanahu wa ta'ala. But does he know what is in your pockets? He does. So either a person believes that Allah is everywhere, or a person believes that Allah is nowhere. This Mu'attilin, and they call themselves Muslims, who say Allah is not in heaven, and Allah is not on earth, and Allah is not in the seas, He's not anywhere, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is there, but he, he's not in heaven, he's not on earth, he's, he's not in any place. Then we say to them, then he doesn't exist. Because if he's not in heaven, and he's not on earth, and he's not in any place, you call that existence? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, he has hands that befit his majesty, subhanahu wa ta'ala. He has hands, not like yours, not like mine. Hands that befit his majesty. Allah has eyes that befit his majesty. And then the mu'attilin come and say, Allah has no hands, and he has no eyes, and he has no feet, and he has... If he has nothing, then he doesn't exist. How can someone who has nothing be in existence? Firstly, no hands, no legs, nothing, no eyes. And then, he's not in heaven, he's not on earth. Who are you fooling? It means he's not there. He doesn't exist. So this man, he believes that Allah is in heaven. The aqidah is sahiha. His aqidah is correct. But... Does Allah answer his dua? Does Allah accept the dua? Sulaiman? He doesn't. Despite all these nice things for which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is supposed to accept dua, Allah doesn't accept his dua. Why? Mat'amuhu haram. His food is haram. Wa malbasuhu haram. And his clothes are haram. Mashrabuhu haram. His drink is haram. He's nourished by haram. How's Allah going to respond to him? This hadith expressly means if you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you eat haram, Allah will not accept. You will ask and your dua will not be granted. That's the express meaning of the, of the hadith. So when our du'as are not answered, we should blame ourselves. If you ask Allah every time and your du'a is not answered, check your Is your food halal? You ask Allah and Allah does not answer, check your clothes. Are they halal? The house you sleep in, is it halal? 
your nourishment. Is it halal? And when I say halal, I mean two things. Halal, literally. Like something which is forbidden and something which is permissible. Haram food is well known. Maita is haram. And I also mean something which has been obtained in a haram way. Some nice halal meat bought from a halal butchery with some haram money. The meat is not halal. Even if it says certified by Zamha. If the money is haram, even if the meat is certified by Zamha, it will be haram. Even if you put on your best topi and make your best wudu and face the qibla to slaughter sheep bought with haram money, it doesn't make it halal. It, it remains haram because the money is haram. And the money can be haram in many ways. You do a transaction with someone and the person feels cheated. You cheat him and he's not happy. The money is not halal. It's haram. You work for a company and most of the time, you know, the minutes are counted. The salary you, you are paid is directly proportional to the number of minutes you spend at work. And then you're at work and busy WhatsApping people and busy on Facebook, stealing the company's time. And then you get paid a full salary at the end of the month. Is, is the money halal? It's haram. Haram alayk. You've been stealing. Not yet time to knock off. You knock off before time. You're supposed to knock off at 17 hours. By 15 hours, you're gone. Two hours stolen. At the end of the month, you get a full salary. This is haram. Haram money. And the food bought from such money is haram food. And when I talk about haram clothes, I mean literally and not literally. Literally, when you wear something which is forbidden and you make dua. Isbal, for example. Isbal is haram. With your trousers dragging on the ground. And when you realize your trousers are dragging on the ground, you decide to fold them. The Messenger forbade folding in Salah. He forbade people to fold their clothes in Salah. So either way, <laughs> it will end up being haram anyway. Either way, it's going to be haram anyway. And then with such clothes, Ya Rab, Ya Rab. How? How's Allah going to respond? Isbal is haram, isn't it? So meaning this malbas, these clothes are haram. Not so. 
and ya rab ya rab in haram clothes trousers are not haram but when they're skin tight they're haram if a muslim is going to wear trousers they have to be loose trousers loose trousers with a proper long shirt so that when you go into sajda your private parts are not exposed but ya rab ya rab with skin tight pantalon anna yustajabu lidhalik how's allah going to answer the dua and say i've been asking allah for many years and allah hasn't answered my dua look at your trousers anna yustajabu lidhalik a person comes and asks allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ya rab ya rab qaza is haram and we spoke about it to shave one part of the head and leave another you shave here and leave the hair on top the high eye is not correct in the first place this is haram so this man is asking allah but malbasuhu haram his clothes are haram his high eye is haram how is Allah going to respond to him? The majority will say, indeed, dua, we've been making dua to Allah. And Allah hasn't responded. Yeah, Allah didn't respond because you, you put roadblocks yourself. Allah has granted you. He said, وَقَالَ رَبَّكُمُ دُعُونِي أَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ your Lord says, make dua to me. Astajiblakum. I will answer the duas. Is that true or not true? Would Allah lie to us? Would he say, Udu'uni, call me. Astajiblakum. I will answer you. And then we call him and he refuses to answer us. Unless we are the problem. The food is not halal. The clothes are not halal. Everything is haram. How is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala going to respond to our du'as? One of the biggest mistakes that we will ever make is al-amn min makrillah. To think that we are safe from Allah's planning when allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives you things in abundance after the other inshallah so i was saying it's because of the things that we do mostly that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides to ignore our du'as this advice, uh, take it home. Take it home to your family. Tell them sometimes we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for certain things and Allah does not give us because of the condition, the condition we find ourselves in, in which we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Try to imagine a family asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help them and the, the wife 
The wife has fake hair and she has fake nails, all things that are haram. Uh, How's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala going to respond to, to such a family? The wife has, what do you call that? Those extensions, Brazilian hair and Chilean hair and whatever, with uh, uh, fake nails, fake eyelashes, all things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made haram. And you say we're making strong, strong dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can change our situation. Allah is not going to change your situation. Allah is not going to change the situation of a people until they change their own situation. Your situation will not change and mine will not change until we change ourselves. We have to change before our situation can change. We have to start eating halal. We have to start wearing halal. We have to start doing everything halal. And that way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to change our situation. I was saying sometimes we are guilty of feeling secure, feeling safe from Allah's you know, hidden plan. Allah has some clever hidden plans which sometimes we mistake for bounty. There are times when a person disobeys Allah and Allah seems to give him a lot of things, everything he needs. And he becomes happy. He thinks, my du'as have been answered. Despite disobeying Allah, despite eating haram, his du'as seem to be answered. He eats haram, he wears haram, he drives haram. But then apparently his du'as are always answered. He gets everything he needs. And a person who eats halal and follows halal seems to be struggling. Allah said, When they forgot what we reminded them, when they forgot the haram and the halal, they forgot that, they started doing their own things, we opened for them the doors of all good things. When they started sinning and forgot haram and halal, we opened for them the doors of good things. They became rich men while disobeying Allah. We opened for them the doors of all nice things. That's Allah's secret plan. Until they become happy with what we gave them. Then we take them suddenly. We punish them all of a sudden from where they did not expect. When doors start opening, be careful. When doors of good things start happening and, I mean, opening and you haven't been good. You've been eating haram, but despite that, the doors just seem to be opening. Good things keep coming. Be careful. Don't behave like Akramakumullah, the rat. That's the question the rat fails to ask itself. How come the groundnuts are readily available here today? It's supposed to be difficult to find the groundnuts, but how come they are on the table today? Uncovered. Even the rat sometimes thinks twice, right? It's going to think, no, 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 no. I smell something fishy here. 
These, these are not just groundnuts. They are up to something. How am I getting it so easy? Each time I have to struggle, you know, push some things and so on to get the groundnuts. But today, they decided to put them on the table for me to come and eat. Is that logical? Ask yourself the same question. I'm a bad man. I've not been obeying Allah. How come things are coming so easy and so nice? Watch out. Allah punishes like that. So when good things are happening, nice things, it's either you're so good, very, very good, that Allah is appreciating, thanking you for being good and opening nice uh, things in your life, opening up, I mean, giving you opportunities, opening the doors of good things because you're a good man. Or... Should we say the opposite? Or you're in danger. You're in danger. Don't be carried away. We could take them suddenly. So the istijaba we're talking about here, Allah answering our du'as, we're not talking about Allah opening the doors of good things that we don't deserve. We're asking Allah to open the good doors of things that are halal for us. Things that make him happy, even if they're little. Bad things and good things can never be the same. Even if the bad things are in great abundance, they're not the same. A bicycle obtained in a halal way is much better than the most expensive car in the world obtained in a haram way. A small house, a small halal house is much better than a big, big haram house. So, despite fulfilling in the hadith, despite fulfilling the conditions of dua, this man's dua is not accepted by Allah because of the mawani' things which stop the dua. So my nasiha to you, my advice to you, to myself, look at your hay'a, your clothes. Man biqawmin, minhum. Whoever imitates a group of people, he is one of them. Rasulullah forbade isbal. All the things which the Messenger forbade, stay away from them as you make dua. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All the haram things, they will present themselves. But ignore them and go for halal. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will answer your du'as and mine. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to answer all our prayers. And we ask Allah that each time we raise our hands to him, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should note let us drop our hands empty-handed. Allahumma la taruddana khaibin. Allahumma la taruddana khaibin. Ilahana qulta wa qawluka al-haq. Udu'uni astajib lakum. Faha nahnu nad'uka fastajib lana ya rabbal alamin. Aqulu ma tasma'un wa astawfirullaha al-azima li wa lakum wa lisairi al-muslimin. Fastawfiruhu fahuwa ahlu al-taqwa. 
واهل المغفره اسبال is when you wear something which goes below the